Good morning, everybody. Sunday, June 25th. Today's worship service is crafted around a recent annual conference that we had last week. Um, but it's going to be a different worship today. As you can see, chairs up here for everybody to talk on, talk, sit and talk. Um, and we're going to just have some beautiful time of teaching and fellowship together as you learn what it is like, or if you already know, hear more about what it's like to be part of a connectional church. So with that, let's take a moment to greet one another in your with the peace of Christ. All right, as you head back to your pews, let's take a moment to talk about what's going on in the life of the church. Now, I want to start with things look a little different in here today. I don't know. Have you noticed? If you look up high, the 100-pound cam uh, projector that's normally up there is out. It is getting serviced so that we can have the perfect thing as it goes forward. But meanwhile, while they're working on it, we will be watching off of here or behind the fire loft. Yeah, that's the word. Um, or really, if you're like really wanting to, you can turn around and watch it up there, but then you don't get to see all of us but that's available. Um, here's some reminders and activities of ministry opportunities ahead. The first is VBS. For many of you that might be involved, um, we've had to push it back to August because I had no signups for any kids. And it would have been really fun to do with all adults, but I thought maybe we should try some kids. So August 6th through 10th, um, it will still be at 5.30 to 7.30 p.m. We're going to relook next year about moving it to days. But the reason we're keeping it there now is I know that Oak Park will be in school for part of that. And so we wanted to make sure that after school, we will feed them a light dinner. And then we will go into VBS. They will be able to be out of there by 7.30. They can leave earlier if they need to. But I wanted to be able to accompany accommodate all of the kids. So next year we'll have a discussion on how it changes, but for now that's where it will be. So I hope that you all come out and join us. Even if you don't have kids, last year it was so much fun to watch the adults bonding too. And I actually have curriculum this year if the adults want to have a class. So it should be a whole lot of fun. And for the campers, it's only $25. For Folks who enjoy singing and making music, we thought that you might consider joining Pastor Walt this summer to make a joyful noise. If you're interested, they'll be gathering in Alton Hall on Wednesday evening from 6.30 p.m. starting July 12th. Come join them for some great fun. So I hear that it might be our Conejo Connect band that's kind of starting it but it's just gonna be a time of fellowship and singing and joy. And so you might see Callie and I there a little. We'll see. Do you guys want to get a better understanding of women in the Bible? This summer, Linda Northrup is leading a Bible study on that very subject. It's entitled, From Eve to Priscilla, Strong Women of God, Their Stories and What They Teach Us Today. 
So I wanna give you a little description of this class because it sounds really interesting. Linda said, sometimes people are ahead of their leaders and many women fared better in their world than in the writings of the time. In this study, we will look at women of the Bible and how their stories impacted the patriarchal society in which they lived and continue to inspire us today. This study is gonna be on Thursday evenings at seven for one hour. It's gonna run from July 6th through August 24th. And you can contact the church office or Linda directly to sign up for this Zoom class. You know that this is gonna be a marvelous experience if you've ever met Linda. And now this month is Pride Month. I want you to I want to encourage you to use this time to learn and understand more about human sexuality and expand the breadth of your understanding to include more than however you are. To welcome the diversity of God's family with respect and understanding, with caring and support. Okay, I'd like to invite Dave up for a special announcement. Good morning, I'm Dave Kettle, and I uh, run the affinity group for LGBT here in the church. And we're having a reception afterwards. We have a rainbow cake outside. And then I'm encouraging all of you to attend the Camarillo Pride. There's fires out front. There's fires on the screen. So join us this afternoon. Thanks. Thanks, Dave. All right. We want to thank Tim and Nancy Bonds for supplying our flowers this morning, which are gorgeous. And it's in honor of Stephanie's birthday. All right. Let us now breathe in the Spirit of God as we center ourselves for worship. Rejoice in the Lord again, I say. Rejoice, rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord again, I say. Rejoice, Please stand for the call to worship and remain standing for the hymn and the invocation. What a day for celebration. What a day to rejoice. The Spirit of God is in our midst. God has come to nourish us as we gather in our community. Bring your hearts before our God. We will worship in word and song and communion. We are filled with hope and joy for we have a God who longs to nourish our bodies and our souls and to end our physical and spiritual hunger. We are here as one, laity and clergy, together with the body of Christ. Let us celebrate together through community. Thank you. 
up your hearts, we lift them up to the Lord. Let us pray. Celebration, joy, hope. These are the gifts you give to us, amazing God. You nourish our bodies and souls. You call us to join together in community. Turn our mourning into dancing. Thank you, God. Help us to come to you when we need nourishment. Draw us into community. Help us to seek you in creation, community, times when we are remembering Sabbath times. We come to praise you and celebrate the ministry you have called all of us to. We give you thanks, God, and offer this prayer in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm, you are welcome to come up here with me. I'm going to show you a video. So I don't know if you want to stay where you're at or come sit with me and watch the video up here. You are welcome. If you want to stay where you're at, you're good. You just have to answer my questions. I see them coming. Come on up. Come on up. I've got room for everybody. You're good. Come sit up here. Come on up. There's stools. All right. There's one. All right. Come to me. All right. Number three. Come on up, honey. It's okay. You want to come sit by me? All right. Let's make sure your legs are covered. All right. Hello, everybody. I'm going to pull your dress down. There we go. So this last week, you guys, a week ago now, it's so weird. <laughs> so two weeks ago, we were at a thing called annual conference. And at annual conference, it's when all of the United Methodists in all of Southern California, Hawaii, Guam, there's one more, <laughs> Saipan. They all come together in one place and they worship God and they do the business of the church. And in a little while, we're going to talk a little bit about what was said and what was learned. You guys don't need all that. But I want you to see one of the ways they worshiped. You can watch up there. Maybe. So you know, I moved a lot so you could see everything where I was. Thank you, Cal. So 
we know that every Sunday, all of these adults come and they worship God and they do prayers and they say things together and sometimes somebody gets up here and speaks at them. You guys get to hang with me a little and then you get to go off with Miss Pam to Sunday school. But that service was done by all of the young people of our conference. So everybody up there would have been young, under 35, way younger than me. Or younger, like the little boys in the front that were dancing. And they were showing everybody how they worship. So I have a question. I know, I'm going to make you talk a little. How do you worship God? Because I'm sure it's different than how we do. Does anybody have an answer? Do you say prayers? Do you sing? No? Do you ever dance like they were dancing? Oh, David danced before the Lord. We got to work on that. We're going to dance in Sunday school next time I get to come. But I'm not going to tell you the date so that you're still there. So there are many ways to worship God. You know one of the ways that I worship God the most, you guys, y'all look so excited, is to go to the beach and listen to the waves and feel the salt air. Let's ask the adults, is there a way that you would like to share that you worship outside of this building? Don't all speak at once. I know if you're online, you're probably typing furiously for me, but I can't see it. So, one with nature. Very good. That's one of my favorites. Gardening. So, laughing. I love that. So, God laughed. Did you know that? That's in the scripture. That's a wonderful way to worship together. So, friends, I'm not going to keep you up here any longer. But I want you to remember that really every time you take a breath, that is worship. So we're going to take a breath in and out and then pray. I want to see big breaths. You ready? All of you too. One, two, three. Dear God, thank you for giving us so many ways to worship you. Be with our kids as they find worship in their Sunday school. And be with those online as they find worship with us. And be with us in the building as we find new ways to worship God. And we ask this in Jesus' name. And all God's children say, amen. All right, can I help you off stools? You got it? How about you? Oh, they're so big. All right, Miss Pam's in the back waiting for you. You can go straight through the middle if you want. we feel your spirit. We know you surround us at every day, every hour, every minute, every second. But sometimes the world sneaks in between. And we find ourselves lost in the chaos of life. Oh, we're a world that's desperate for you, God. 
when there are wars, power struggles for dominance, oppression, and abuse. We continue to pray for the people of the Ukraine and for peace in all of that region. When groups of people oppose one another because of ideology, religion, or culture, God, we need a God who is bigger than ourselves and our personal interests. Lord, we know that you stand in the gap when people are disregarded, devalued because of their poverty, their geography, or disease. When compassion and justice is withheld to some because of their sexuality, their race, or their gender. We know we need a savior who is more compassionate than we are, who includes even those we would exclude. When resources are mismanaged and abused, and the world and its creatures are all destroyed, when motivation is scarce and creativity is short in supply to address the challenges that we face. We need a spirit who's more powerful and more creative than we could ever be. Lord God, loving Savior, empowering spirit, we offer you these prayers because we need you so desperately. Be with Joni Donaldson's friend, Dolores. Be with Jeannie Severance's granddaughter, Ashton. Be with the families of those on the Titan Taurus submersive who did not survive. And be with Rick Gere's family friend, Anna, who has been placed in hospice. We give you thanks for such a wonderful annual conference, and we look forward to sharing those moments with you. So now, God, captivate us and call us and fill us that we may be carriers of your eternal life to this world that you love so dearly. All of this we pray in your son's holy name, joining in the prayer he taught. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. to
to take his light to a world where wrong seems right what could be too great a cost for sharing life with one who's lost through his love our hearts can feel all the grief they Stepping up and sharing. Hear the words of the scripture from John chapter 15, verses 9 to 11. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. A movement is in the air, like a flock of starlings flying through the sky in complex yet beautiful patterns. We, the people of the California Pacific Annual Conference, have the opportunity to fly together in new and creative ways. At times, it may feel as if we are not making progress because our varied flocks don't appear to be flying in a uniform V formation. But a closer examination reveals the beauty of our difference, that conformity is not required, and that we are indeed soaring together as one. We represent one of the most diverse conferences in the entire connection. We celebrate a wide diversity of racial, socioeconomic, liturgical, and theological perspectives. 
and still. We are brought together in the unity of a shared mission to end hunger, in all its forms. We fly together to bring an end to the leading cause of hunger, poverty. Or as Jeremiah 29 verses 4 through 7 puts it, to bring an end to the absence of shalom. As our denomination experiences a time of flux and transition from what has been to what will be, we look to an unknown but hopeful future. At times it may feel messy and overwhelming. Shalom can be a precious commodity. It can be tiring to continue to flap our wings when the completion of the journey is unknown. The picture of what's to come may appear to be unclear and abstract. But if we will dare to continue extending our wings in faith, God's promise will undoubtedly sustain us. It is in our discipleship and devotion to the one who guides us that we can address the poverty that surrounds us in the world we are ministering in. We will fly together to combat the systematic inequality and discrimination that is so much a part of our present reality. As our collective murmuration ebbs and flows, we will seek to bring peace in conflict. We will advocate to protect our environment in this time of climate change. And we will feed those suffering from food insecurity and malnutrition. The journey is long and perilous. We won't get there overnight. In order to fly higher and further and to deal with these pressing needs, it is imperative that we rest and refuel. After years of flying through turbulent air, we could all use a time of centering, soul work, and respite. Are you ready to be nourished in mind, body, and spirit? Will you accept the invitation? Let us pray. May the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, our rock and redeemer. Amen. So as we're waiting for Callie to come up, you can see this is kind of different than you've probably seen in a long time, if ever. Um, one of the things that they did during annual conference this year that I really, really appreciated was that they did a couple of things called Real Talk, where one of the social justice or business of the church items would come up and there would be a panel that would just sit together with a moderator and talk through. And so I thought, what a better way, we thought as a group, what a better way to present what annual conference was all about than to do our own real talk. So first I wanna tell you, and I'm really excited about it, we had a lot of delegates there. So we had Rick, we had Candace, we had John, we had Lynn. I was there um, as a representative this time, and you will see it in one of the videos, but they actually gave Caneo Connect their own line on it. And then Callie and Aurora were both there as North District youth and young adult leaders. So we had a lot of voices in the room. And that's really exciting because representation matters all the way around. And especially when we are trying to do new things to nourish ourselves, our people around us, the people in the world, we all need to be in there to hear the voice. So if you've never been 
to an annual conference. If you have questions about it, it really isn't just boring business. There's a lot of teaching and feeding and things going on. So I thought I would open it up. And this year, we had a brand new bishop. And I thought maybe we could talk a little bit about Bishop Dottie and what we felt on it. It's Dottie Escobedo, Escobedo Frank, but she actually has said Bishop Dottie, so I'm not being no. disrespectful. <laughs> yeah, so, That's um, easy. Uh, I felt that she is very um, forward-thinking, um, very engaging, uh, great sense of humor, and um, just kind of led us through things in a way that um, perhaps weren't the same as they were in the past. And that's not to say that the past wasn't good, but I definitely felt that this bishop sees that we need a movement in another direction, and I don't think she's afraid to take us to that new spot. She seemed very down to earth. This was her first time in presiding in this kind of setting, and I felt she handled it very well. Um, you know, we even got to meet her dog as they were, you know, <laughs> providing some welcome. It, it was, she created a, a relaxed opening atmosphere, I felt. I think she had a compelling story. She told a story, she was a pastor, of course, at a church, Fountain Valley, or was it Orange in, County? She, in Arizona. She was in Arizona, but oh, it was, was like Fountain, Fountain Hills. Fountain, okay. Thank you. And they had a controversy at the church. They had a feeding program for homeless persons that apparently received a lot of criticism and pushback from the community. She got through that, but out of that, she said that her soul was tired. And she actually took an extended time off, I think, to come to California on the beach and just to rest and recuperate and then came back with renewed energy. And I think that was kind of a theme throughout this whole conference about how we do need to rest, that we've gone through a lot the last couple of years, and that resting and rejuvenation is really essential for the survival of our church. So I thought it was a very compelling story. Mm -hmm. So this was my first time uh, going to the conference. Candace has done, uh, this is her third time, but this is the first time we actually went so in person in person before COVID, everything was online right and so i'll be honest when she was going i kind of said oh sounds boring <laughs> you know conference i used to go to conferences at work but this was not boring it was really exhilarating for me it was completely different than i thought it would be um, the bishop dotty embraces change which I thought was really quite an amazing approach to a conference which could have had, you know, there were people, you know, because of, what is it, what do they call it? Dis the dis disaffiliation. disaffiliation, there are social justice issues, there were lots of different groups, you know, the Koreans were very conservative, and but she handled it with such, um, a calmness about her. It was really, really a wonderful experience. And the feeling that I had when I was there in person was just the joy of being with people that wanted to be, make a difference uh, 
to the world in a positive manner. It was really, really an amazing experience for me. So I'm gonna jump in since you brought up disaffiliation. And I know that pastors around this area don't talk as much about it because we don't get, we don't have churches that are necessarily wanting to disaffiliate. We have churches that are open, inclusive, and agreeing to disagree, to find the commonness in all of us, but yet worship together through that instead of going, oh, you don't believe what I believe, get out. <laughs> so it was really kind of amazing, but at one point, and I'm kind of jumping forward a little bit, but the Korean church, it's Valley Korean, and I don't know if I'm supposed to actually announce that, so you didn't hear it online or around the world, that's okay. Um, but they want out without going through the process. They wanna take everything with them and they want out. So when we arrived on Thursday, there were a whole bunch of members from their congregation handing out flyers. And the top of it, and I didn't read the whole thing, but it said, help us disaffiliate. And a couple of times where there could have been a lot of debate and a lot of problems, um, Bishop Dottie handled it with grace with Karen, with understanding. Very calm. In fact, one of my friends leaned over. No, I can't say that in here. I'll tell you outside. So um, in that, she provided us a place to not have the apprehension. I've been in so many in person where when the fighting starts, I think you can speak to that too, the tension in the room is so bad that you're like, I have to get up and walk out. Um, and she handled it and she listened to them and then said, this is not the place, let's talk outside. But in these flyers, and you will see it at the end, we're gonna show you a little bit of a video of different things that happened. But what Reverend Allison Mark had done a beautiful background that had all of the cranes all over it and it changed every day. And a group of young people from her church and then they brought on others, sat in the very back of the conference all week making cranes out of those flyers. So that will be the very last picture that you're able to see, and I will let her picture in that explain. But there really was a piece of how do we find a commonness and how do we love those that is different than us? Mm -hmm. I think that was a good message, but personally, and I was there the Thursday and Friday, I was not there the Saturday, I would have liked a little bit more conversation on the disaffiliation. I mean, you read a lot about all across the country and um, there just wasn't really a lot to talk about it. And I was kind of looking for something uh, a little bit more uh, because I think this is a really huge, huge issue that will come to the forefront, I think next year with the, the, with the, the big general conference. conference that I'm not sure that our, we've had a lot of discussion or uh, information about. Uh, maybe, maybe I'm wrong on that, but. And they did have um, part, uh, first I'll have to say, if, if you volunteer in the church, thank you, wonderful. If you haven't, um, annual conference would be the easiest way to volunteer and learn the most. Because uh, I just say it's basically four days out of a year, and then you just come up here and kind of give a, a debriefing. So, and you learn so much. They have um, a lot of things we're voting on. And this, to Rick's point, this uh, disaffiliation was kind of a topic on that, where people are invited to come up to the mic 
and they can do their, I'm for this or I'm against this. And I will tell you that the people that came up that wanted to disaffiliate, they came up more because of the cost of disaffiliation too. So that seems to be um, the, the um, church, if you will, owns their property. So they have to buy that property back for themselves yeah. and the cost of that is so prohibitive. It's 50% of what it's worth. It's 50% of what it's worth. And they're saying, well, if we have a small you know, congregation, could you imagine if you had to come up with you know, sixty, seventy thousand dollars $70,000 just so that you could I was going to say the properties, well, you can imagine what our property is worth here, right? We're talking millions of dollars. So if you're a small church, it makes it very difficult. So that was one of the sticking points. Callie, what do you think? Because you were, I would love to hear your uh, views being a younger person. I mean, it, it's, I've, I've been to conferences since what, six years old, seven? Mm -hmm. So I've been to many, but this was like the first one that I guess really stuck in my mind because like it was so diplomatic and everything we did, like it was the most, I guess, put together. So just hearing about like all this disaffiliation going on, it was nice to hear like people's sides and like hearing everything and then just Bishop Escobedo Frank being like, okay, we're just going to keep this calm and we're not going to get into a big debate on this right now. Well. Part of the problem was the people that are coming to the microphone did not follow the system. And so they were coming up with a deadline at the end of July, and it's going to take way more than a month to do what they needed to, so they just wanted to be released. Now, I do need to say, anybody is welcome to leave the United Methodist Church. Any full church is welcome to leave. It's the sticking issue of needing the money and the property and following up with their apportionments and their pastoral um, retirement pension funds mm -hmm. and all of that. So there is people that, I've, I know of people that have just walked away. So we're not holding them and saying you have to be United Methodist. And I, I wanna make that pretty clear. I do wanna kind of slide off of disaffiliation because there's so much more to share. Mm -hmm. But I want to say before I do that, we're okay, because I'm going to go at like 10 till or so. Um, I do want to say that I am willing to talk to anybody. And I have studied and dug into this quite a bit because of my two old conferences, both North Texas and Oklahoma, and the things that were going on there. I'm an open book. I know that Pastor Walt would be an open book, and actually, in the Conejo Connect, both Pastor Jim and Pastor Anna will also talk to you. So if you have questions, we will probably have to make an appointment and set a time to sit down. It's not gonna be a coffee hour discussion, but I'm happy to talk to you and explain more about what's going on um, because it is a big deal. So um, there were a lot of social justice issues that were addressed. They talked a lot about inclusion. They talked about unions. They talked about Israel. And I know, um, John, you had some pretty passionate feelings about that. Well, again, it was interesting. They never talked about the war of Ukraine, but they talked about uh, some other things, which in my mind um, were important. But, and again, you can't handle, you know, the social justice issues uh, obviously are important to people. But I think how the conference handled all the, 
The interesting thing is when they had a discussion, she would say, I need two people to speak in favor and have two people to speak not in favor, against. So it really allowed a lot of discussion. And I just thought it was just well received by everybody. Uh, well, I was one of the people that spoke out against right. the, uh, the resolution to declare Israel an apartheid state, which I thought was wrong. And I spoke out against it. Mm -hmm. and, the con and the group uh, voted for that, or voted to declare uh, Israel an apartheid state. I felt that this wasn't really the type of thing that, um, it wasn't so much that, it, it was like there were a lot of other types of issues that I thought the conference really could be addressing. Why were we doing this? Mm -hmm. But I, I think that it was definitely respectful and people did uh, have the opportunity to, to vote, to, to vote and, and to have their say. But it, I did speak out against it. Yeah, I mean, it's, there is a very prescribed process for getting resolutions and recommendations before the conference. So it, it always is kind of interesting to me that the things that do get brought up, because they're not necessarily the biggest issues, but we we honor the process. And if people have gone through the process, then you know we'll the only thing address what comes the, up. But the only thing with the Israel resolution is that was a last minute add-on. It wasn't in the formal booklet. Right. And I felt yeah. the discussion on transparency and things like that kind of went against that mm -hmm. a bit. And that did happen a couple of times. Yeah. Um, one of the things that was a big hot ticket was the sale of Camp Colby. Oh, yeah. And um, there was a lot of discussion on that. Um, there is a church in Anaheim that is a Native American church, but they are not honored as that. So they have it in their name, but like in Oklahoma, there's the Oklahoma Indian Missionary Conference, and this church does not have an affiliation like that. I'm buzzing, sorry. Um, but one of the people spoke for or against, I couldn't tell, but what he wanted was um, a memorial of a group that had started the first AIDS camp there. And I don't remember right now the name of the group. Strength for the Journey. Strength for the Journey. Um, but what happened in that was at the very end, he said, they said, what exactly do you want to memorialize? And he goes, well, we want a proceed of the money to go to them. And you could hear the whole body of the room like, <gasps> not because we wouldn't do that, but it was like trying to slide it into the legislation really, really quick. And of course, he really quick rescinded that, and it was voted that we will honor that um, nonprofit. But um, there was also a lady from the Indian congregation that said, "What we speak a big speak about giving back to the land, the land to the um, Native Americans, those that owned it before, but we never do anything about it. And the people that were on that committee, and I have to tell you, it was Pastor Jim, and Pastor Rachel was the co-chair of that committee. They all got together on a break, and then they brought it before the floor that there will be a restitution to the Native Americans. They're not sure if some of the land will go back or if it will be financial, but they made the commitment to our conference that we will do what we say we will do versus just talking about just it. Just talking about it. Yeah, uh, the issue of, and I'm gonna say it, 
women, they did a study, and the women pastors aren't paid as much as the men. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> but they acknowledged that in a straight talk like this. And they went around and they had the people who were very impressive academically who did the study and uh, how they triangulated all the data and they realized. And I kept thinking, yeah, that it's like any other institution. This, um, it's not just issues of race, there's issues of sex, you know, whether it's LGBT or women, and this movement towards equality and making things better was really a focus. The other thing I learned, and again, I had no idea when I walked there, it was big. There were a lot of people there. How many people are there? 600, 600, 600 to 800. There's like 800 people there. And then I read 350 churches yeah. and 50,000 Methodists. So that's a scale that is pretty significant. 50, we represented 50,000 people at that conference. So I was honored to be. So many people showed up that they lost all of the blocks in the Sheraton and had to search for other hotel rooms. So this was like unexpected and an amazing gift to have us all be together at the same time. So I know we're running out of time and I really love sharing all of this with all of you. If you have more questions, we are all available to talk or if you'd like to hear another round table like this, we can talk to Pastor Walt about setting it up sometime this summer. Um, because we do have a lot of share. But before we go, did you have anything else as a young voice? Uh, I wanna make sure you're heard. Okay, you can go so you can set up the video. And I want to ask, what was your biggest takeaway for our time there? Um, one of the things that really struck me out of Bishop Dottie's first um, talk was you know the, the emphasis on on rest you know which which you brought up and we will be exploring what that means for our pastors and our church leaders for people like Paul who have you know been here you know throughout the pandemic trying to get all this set up and we're still dealing with technology stuff that you know it's just the reality and the other emphasis she says emphasis that she placed was on trust and transparency and you know we've talked about you know there are still some things that we questioned but this report that john referred to about you know the equity audit they called it i mean you know they just laid it all out there and had people speak to their personal experiences and you know the the conference chancellor spoke who's the, the church attorney that I didn't even know they had one and you know just laid out some things about disaffiliation about the the Boy Scout um, litigation that's been going on and then about the budget which we haven't even gotten to and usually we vote on the budget in June they they you know start building it in March they said based on our limitations and that's, you know, we all do that. You know, okay, how much money are we gonna have? Well, these are our limits. And that maybe what we need to do is, is look at our, our vision and our priorities in setting our budget. So we didn't vote on the budget. We're not gonna do that till November um, when we 
We have, have a special be, called yeah. conference. Um, and, you know, and that's that's a change, you know, and, and a new vision that we really need to be thinking about how we want to spend our money, not just how do we, you know, make our funds fit into the boxes. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, the budget issue is obviously I am involved in the finances of the church and for them to completely flip the budget, which is normally done in March, and to say, no, we need more input. And we really want to align how we spend our money to the principles, which has always been to my heart, right? To be transparent and to make sure that the money that we all give goes to the right, to help people, right? To not just support our church, but to help people. So that was the big takeaway for me is uh, just the spirituality of it and, and the the thoughtfulness, uh, and, and the Bishop Dottie, she was a really impressive person. I hope someday you'll be able to hear from her. I hope at some point. Someday she may show up and sit in oh, the back she, of the church. Yeah. She, <laughs> Let's hope I'm not preaching this. The principle. No, the diversity of the people that are there, you saw people walking around with their their Indian or traditional Indian clothing, in Hawaiian clothing, Tongan, Oregon, you know, I mean, all of it. You just, you just saw it and just felt everybody was there for the common good, for each other. Um, I was very impressed that they could come up with some very controversial things at the mic and then walk away and go, hey, yeah, that's a good job, <laughs> kind of thing. And, and they got it off their chest, whatever it was. So great conference. Yeah, my takeaway is that the conference is in transition. Our church is in transition. Um, I think everyone's voice needs to be heard. But I do think the, uh, the words nourish, I think that's a guiding star. If we can think about nourish and our place in society as a nourishing body, I think that will help us. Mm -hmm. so. And the singing was wonderful. Yeah, the band was good, good band. They, it's always, worship is amazing, and there is a spirit through all of it, the business and the teaching and our worship. So with that, thank you guys very much for sharing, and I'm going to have you back up here in just a little bit. invited to share your financial resources via the instructions that will appear momentarily on the screen to help support the ministries of Christ that happen through our congregation. Your generosity is needed to keep us going and doing the good we do. So give generously and be a part of what happens in people's lives through the congregation of United Methodist Church Westlake Village.
give you thanks for all that has been given back to you. We ask that you entrust us to do your will with these funds that we do continue to go out into the world to preach the gospel and to make a difference. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So all of the um, things that we have heard, all of the liturgy that we've done has been lifted from a worship service that was done during those four days. So we are going to close with you in just a second. I'll trade you sides. <laughs> We're going to close with a litany of calling. So hear these words. Life looms ahead of us, huge and uncertain. In the confusion, we must listen for the voice of God. Who can hear the voice of God calling? Here I am, send me. The expectations of our friends feel so overwhelming, luring us to make choices for our own comfort. Who can focus on the call to serve God? Here I am, send me. Hunger, greed, hopelessness are in our world, making it difficult to believe that God still dances. Who can speak good news in the face of evil? Here I am, send me. Our voice seems so small against the misery we hear. Wars and famines and abuse seem dominant. Who can be heard above the crying? Here I am, send me. The world is waiting to hear the promise of God, a life of justice, peace, and love for all of God's children. Who will choose this life with God? Here I am, send me.
ready to go forth. I realized that I had a prayer request in my pocket, and I want to make sure that I let you know. Um, Paul Giberson is in, Giberson is in the hospital right now. We don't have a lot of details on it, but if we can hold him and his family in prayer. So don't forget to go out and celebrate Pride with us on the patio. If you have any questions, I know Dave is happy to answer. I'm happy to answer, and hopefully we will be able to see you guys out in some of the Pride celebrations. And now, let us go. Go into the world with love of Christ on your lips, your hands, and your feet. We send you forth in the spirit of John Wesley. May the world May you be channels for God's mercy, grace, and peace to the world in whatever place you may be. Amen.